You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Hello and welcome to War Horses, the only college equestrian podcast that talks to you about the life lessons that you can take away from this sport. I am your host, Auburn Elvis. Let's talk about some college equestrian. All right, so we're going to start off the show first here. We had a really good weekend of some exciting uh, equestrian action, so let's get right into it with the Meet Recaps. Meet Recaps. Our first meet to talk about is UT Martin at South Dakota State. Now, in last week's preview, I predicted that the homestanding Jackrabbits would probably win in a close meet. And you could kind of tell from the matchups that it was probably going to be very close. Overall, I had UT Martin favored in about five rides, South Dakota State in about six rides, and nine rides as toss-ups. I thought the Skyhawks would have an edge in the jumping seat and that the Jackrabbits would have an edge in the Western. Um, In the first half, there was a tie in equitation over fences, but the other four points split evenly across each team. Uh, That's actually a good result for South Dakota State because, you know, I didn't think they were going to do too well in fences. In the next event, Horsemanship, South Dakota State won three and UT Martin won two. So that gave us five to four uh, score in favor of the Jackrabbits. Uh, in the second half, uh, they started off with equitation on the flat. In the first ride, South Dakota State's Margaret Frank took an upset point over Haley Kane. But after that, this event was all UT Martins. The Skyhawks would take all four remaining points, including a Tyler Anderson upset of South Dakota State's Julia Verkhoven. Uh, the big run uh, took the Skyhawks from being down one to being up a couple uh, at 8-6. Two more points, and the Skyhawks were going to win the day. But raining looked like it really favored the home squad. But it didn't quite go that way in raining. Um, there was a tie, and then each team got two points, and that ended up with the final score of UT Martin winning 10 uh, to eight over South Dakota State. So um, now neither one of these teams, I, ha- I didn't have either of them ranked, so it isn't really an upset. Um, although I did pick uh, South Dakota State to win, so it is sort of an upset. But good win for the Skyhawks. Um, yeah, they're they're looking pretty good these days. So good win for them. And next we're going to look at number five Texas A&M at number eight Baylor. Now, this would be the first of a Big 12 uh, SEC showdown that we were going to have this weekend. And in last week's preview, I felt like this was going to be close, but that Baylor would pull out the upset at home. Once the matchups were posted, um, I actually had uh, Texas A&M favored in about nine rides. I had Baylor favored in seven, leaving four toss-up rides. And this is probably the first meet that I've gone through the the matchups that had less than eight toss-ups. There were a lot of, you know, returning riders on both these teams, so that gives you a lot better indication of how, of what you can expect. And with the way that the random matchups went, there were a lot more cases where I felt like, okay, we can kind of tell that this rider over here tends to be better than her opponent. Not to say that there wouldn't be any upsets. There were. Um, speaking of which, over in fences, uh, we had Baylor's Emma Fletcher. She took an upset point over A&M's uh, Caitlin Lovenfloss. And the rest of the points here went 3-1 to one in favor of Baylor, uh, giving the Bears a 3-2 to two early lead. Uh, this was the kind of start that Baylor really needed. They got that one upset point, and then they held their own in the toss-ups, and they ended up winning the event. Uh, the next event was horsemanship. Here, Baylor got us. I gave them a slight edge, uh, and they did win 3-2 to two in this event. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's I basically went how I had it favored. 
Next up was Equitation on the Flat. I had the Aggies favored in three of the five, but Baylor's Caitlin Lovenfoss got the upset over A&M's uh, Silvestri. And the Bears also took a toss-up point to win uh, this event 3-2 to two as well and extend their lead even further. The final event was raining, and I favored it pretty evenly, but Baylor's Shelby Clawson got an upset over Marissa Harrell, and the toss-up point was also a tie in this one. So, uh, Baylor took raining 3-1. to one. So, the Bears swept all the events, and even if you're bad at math, I think you, you can see that that means that the Aggies lost. The final score was 12-7 to seven in favor of Baylor. This was a big win for them against uh, what, you know, we thought at the beginning of the year this was going to be a real tough SEC opponent. So, Baylor wins the day. Now, on over to our second half of this weekend's SEC Big 12 showdown. We have number one, Auburn, at number three, Oklahoma State. Um, in last week's preview, I predicted Auburn would win, that it would be close. Uh, when the matchups came out, things looked really good for Auburn. The Tigers drew some really favorable head-to-head matchups overall. And just like last week, Auburn came out guns a-blazing in over fences. Uh, freshman Sophie Steckbeck got her first point as an Auburn Tiger with a toss-up uh, point that she took over Oklahoma State's Hope King. Uh, Auburn's Ellie Ferrigno would take an upset point over Sydney North in uh, the lone matchup that I had favored Oklahoma State. The one bright spot for the Cowgirls was a tie point against Abigail Brayman that she got against um, Auburn's Emma Kurtz. So after fences, the score was four to nothing Auburn. Horsemanship was also going on at the same time, and I had Auburn favored here in almost all of the matchups. But Oklahoma State put up a much better fight this uh, in here. Uh, Oklahoma State's JoJo Robertson continued her winning ways. She took a toss-up point over Maddie Spack. Uh, Cowgirls' uh, Caroline Nelson also won an upset point over Auburn's Olivia Tordoff. So, again, Auburn took the most of the points here, but, uh, you know, Oklahoma State is starting to show some life. And uh, overall, at, at the half, it was 7-2 to lead, a uh, real commanding lead for Auburn. You figure, okay, they, they only need three points to sew this thing up. They got this in the bag. Well, it didn't really turn out that way. <laughs> in the second half, uh, the next event was raining, and things kind of started off a little frustrating here. Um, the first two rides got held up for review, and then I think at least one or two rides in the second round got held up for review. Now, keep in mind, Auburn only needs three points, um, but the Cowgirls kind of went on a run. Uh, Oklahoma State's Molly Mitchell, she got a toss-up point over Auburn's Terry June Granger. Uh, Hannah Loverin got an upset over Boo Kammerer. Uh, Quincy Clark upset Isabel Tesmer, and Cowgirls JoJo Robertson took a toss-up point from Olivia uh, Marino. So, Oklahoma State won reigning 4-1, to one, and that was big, and it was kind of unexpected. So, yeah. Meanwhile, over in Equitation on the Flat, a similar story was playing out over in that event. Now, again, the Flat is, a, is an event that most teams struggle to get consistency every week, so I had a lot of toss-ups in this event when I was looking at the matchups, and frankly, all those toss-ups ended up going to Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma State Sidney Ziegler took a toss-up point from Auburn's Helen Ulrich. Uh, Katie Pelzel won her toss-up from Sophie Steckbeck. And Hope King won her toss-up from Emma Kurtz. This produced another 4-1 to one, uh, event win for Oklahoma State, and it gave the Cowgirls the shocking come-from-behind upset win, as the uh, total here ended up being 10-9 uh, to 9 in favor of Oklahoma State. 
this was another shocking loss for Auburn. It felt very similar to their loss to Baylor in last year's NCAA tournament. Oklahoma State is a talented team. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's a reason they were the number three team in the nation. Plus, they were at home, which is a little bit easier. You know, you're on your own horses. You're staying in your own rooms and all that good stuff. Um, But there really is no excuse for Auburn letting somebody take four points from them in in any event. And so the reigning team, uh, when you look at the the talent that Auburn returns, they have an All-American. They have an All-Conference SEC rider. And then they also have a member of last year's uh, SEC All-Freshman team. Now, Oklahoma State, conversely, in their reigning squad, they have no returning All-Americans. And I couldn't find records on any All-Big 12 awards, um, but I'll just say that they have two reigning riders that might could get on an All-Conference team, maybe, depending on how the rest of the conference is in reigning. So, you know, they do have a little bit of talent, but it, you know, it's kind of unusual that with Auburn sitting with three SEC talent level riders, uh, plus, you know, two more that are either new or more, you know, older riders that don't have as much experience, that that bunch couldn't get more than a point from Oklahoma State in reigning. And, you know, again, Oklahoma State, their reigning squad is at best has a pair of all-conference riders returning. So, very unexpected, and you, you just wonder, well, what was going on? Maybe they got out such a big lead, and then when things started getting weird with all the, the held-up rides, maybe that threw them out of the rhythm, and, and you kind of get in a mindset of saying, well, you know what, we we just need three more points. Let's just do that and get out of here. And maybe the, the mindset changes from a, hey, let's get every point. So, yeah, uh, and again, you know, over on flat, I think the the numbers there are a little bit more understandable. Auburn doesn't return any All-Americans or All-Conference riders in, in the flat. Oklahoma State has two second-team All-Americans returning in the flat. Um, but frankly, no team has more than about one or two sure thing riders in this event. Uh, this is an event that will always be up in the air no matter who the two teams are. So I, I'll, I'll cut them a little bit more slack on the um, the scores on the on the flat, but you know, again, Oklahoma State is good. They are the number three team in the nation, and there is a reason for that, and they got lots of talent. But it is very surprising to see Auburn lose one to four in any event. So, but that happened, and you know, you got to move on, and move on they did, because on the next day we have one more meet to recap. Number one, well, hmm, Auburn, at uh, number six, SMU. So, the sting of Friday's upstate, uh, upset still fresh, but Auburn rolls in over at Dallas, and they, you know, are looking for another tight contest, and SMU is happy to oblige. The meet started off with fences and horsemanship, just like it had the previous day, and we knew that SMU was going to challenge in pretty much every event. I had three toss-ups in fences, and each team favored in one other ride there. Now, this event was close. Auburn took three points. SMU took two. Um, All the head-to-head scores uh, were within two points of each other, except for Auburn's Ava Stern. She scored about five points higher than her opponent, so good job, Ava. So it was a very tight meet, but Auburn won uh, three of the two points there. Okay, so that's how that went down. Next, in horsemanship, looking at those matchups, I favored Auburn in three rides and SMU in one. Auburn's Jacqueline Fremont did well. She uh, got a point. uh, Well, actually, she turned what I thought was a favored point for SMU into a tie um, against uh, Nia Kearns. 
And uh, but then right after her, SMU's Peyton um, and Nieberger took a point from uh, one that I had favored to Auburn's Maddie Spack, and all that basically ended up producing a two to two split in horsemanship. So at the half, Auburn was ahead five to four. And the two events that were remaining are the two events that Auburn had struggled in the day before. So, again, you're looking at Auburn, you're thinking, okay, is where are we going to repeat history or are you going to have, you know, a better performance? Well, let's look at that. Auburn's equitation on the flat team did a lot better against SMU. Um, now, SMU returns probably more talent in this event than Auburn does. Uh, they have a second-team All-American and two or three more riders who could be um, uh, some All-ECAC, but I'm not sure if they do conference awards in, in equestrian. So, anyway, all that to say that uh, SMU's uh, merchant upset Ava Stearns, but then the, the next uh, toss-up points all went to Auburn, and then Auburn's Ellie Ferrigno got an upset point from SMU's Miranda Seedy. And basically, Auburn ended up getting three points in the event. SMU got two. And uh, so this was actually a pretty good result for Auburn. I mean, they won most of the points here. Gave them a little bit of breathing room for the next event, Raining. In Raining, I had that favored three to two in favor of SMU. Um, and, you know, so you're thinking, oh, man, is, is Auburn going to do well? Well, yes, they had a much better ride, set of rides on this day than they had the previous day. So the first three point went uh, as I favored them. Auburn got two and SMU got one of those. But in those last uh, two rides, I had those both favored towards uh, SMU. Auburn's Kate Buchanan got a tie from Taylor Zimmerman and Terry June Granger got an upset point from SMU's Jill Fistner. So Auburn won that event three to one. And that meant that overall, the score to the meet was Auburn 11, SMU 7. So Auburn really won this event with the strength of the reigning squad today. So, uh, you know, like I said, SMU probably has more reigning talent than Auburn does, but Auburn's reigners really shut the door on any SMU comeback. So, good job to them uh, and the flat team. I mean, they won most of their points too. Good job to all of them to basically, you know, take the opportunity and turn things around the next day. They did not let history repeat itself. So, That is all of this past week's action. So now we're going to take a quick commercial and then we're going to come back and I'm going to get philosophical with you on something. Hey, Auburn fans. I want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. 
Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Okay, now let's talk about some philosophy. Talking about philosophy. Now, longtime listeners of this show will remember something that I said a while back, and I think it needs to be brought up again. The reason we have sports in college is because they are a part of the liberal arts education that helps produce a well-rounded, educated person. I like to think of sports as a laboratory for learning some of life's lessons. And with varsity sports, it's not just the athletes who get to learn these things, but fans, fellow students, teachers, parents, and anybody that's part of the college's community has a chance to follow along as these lessons are being uh, worked on and studied and learned about too. So, where am I going with this? Okay, imagine that you are not a college student, but instead you are someone out in the real world, okay? You have a job with people and responsibility and all those things. So, for example, in my job, we have these clients, and they fill out these forms, and we use these so that we can set up their accounts in specific ways just for them. Now, uh, when people fill out the forms with all the right information, we set everything up the way it needs to go, and everything goes as planned. Sometimes we get forms with dumb stuff in them. They say one thing in the forms and they really meant something else. And in those cases, me, with my years of experience, it's very easy for me to consider this as something that has gone wrong and that there is, you know, this is not the way it should go. And I can get really hung up on that. Now, maybe your job out there is a little bit different, but it probably has something similar. Um, maybe you have someone who doesn't show up for their shift on time, or maybe somebody can't run a meeting that they're supposed to, or someone gets sick or whatever. And in those times, you can look at those and you could go, well, wait a minute, this is not right. This is not how things are supposed to go. Because, you know, you have experience. You know how things are supposed to work, right? Well, what if, instead of having that attitude, you and I, we had an attitude that was more like maybe an underdog, okay? So, for them, maybe when those things happen, they look at those as opportunities. They might think, all right, this is weird, but now I have a shot to show my stuff. This is something I wasn't expected to do, but I can go out there. I can run that meeting, or I could call up that client, and I could talk to them about how do they need their account set up. And then in the end, I end up turning something um, that was presumably bad. I turned it into an opportunity, and I can advance myself that way. I mean, I think we all know people that have seized onto opportunities like that and used it to advance their careers. So really, there are just there are two ways of approaching these unexpected situations. So now let's jump back over to equestrian. So let's say that you are out there and that you are a veteran rider. You've been you've done like 50 plus meets and you know how all this stuff is supposed to go. And when everything is going the way it's supposed to, you know, you're on. And uh, but then you're at a meet someday and then something goes wrong. Maybe a horse acts up or maybe there's a weather delay or maybe some dumb Western judge is out there being super picky and holding up every other ride for review. Well, in these situations, it is easy to look at those and go, "Uh uh-oh, this is wrong. This is not how things are supposed to go. What's up here? But what if instead you could look at those as opportunities? I mean, everyone knows that horses mess up, that weathers happen, and that judges grade this way and that way, and some of them are just weird. That happens, okay? You're going to come up against those, and what if you said, okay, this is an opportunity. This is my opportunity. This is where I go out and I show that I can go get that good score and I can I can adapt better than the other rider can. Okay, let her worry about things not being right while I go out there and I take this opportunity and I turn it into something. 
I think that kind of mentality is a much better way to deal with these weird challenges in the sport. And as we showed, that translates eventually into these same sort of lessons that you're going to run into in life. So yeah, you know, when you're ahead, everything is going great. You know, that's the plan. Everything's working. But if you're an underdog, well, those underdogs are always out there looking for these differences and they look at them as opportunities. Because to the underdog, if everything goes like it's supposed to, that means they lose. Underdogs love it when these weird challenges pop up because it gives them a chance. So when things start going a little off script or not the way they're supposed to, try to look at those as opportunities because your opponent is almost certainly looking at them that way. So. There we go. Uh, That's our little philosophical lesson for today. Now, let's do a preview of next week's action. Preview of next week's action. So, if you are a fan of one of the following teams, please pay attention. Texas A&M, South Carolina, Fresno State, Georgia, Lynchburg, Auburn, TCU, and Oklahoma State. Everybody else, y'all can just zone out for a bit. Now, starting on Friday, we're going to have three meets on Friday. First, we have Texas A&M at South Carolina. Oh boy, I have no idea what's going to happen in this meet. Both of these teams have not lived up to expectations yet, but because of the rules of NCEA Equestrian, there must be a winner at this at the end of this meet. I have no idea who that's going to be. Uh, I can tell you, it's going to be somebody. Uh, I would think that A&M has the advantage. They return more talent overall, but they have not looked great yet. Of course, neither has South Carolina. I think each team is good enough to get, you know, five or six points from the other, but it's all those in-between points that are going to determine this meet. Uh, I think a and going to have an edge in reigning. I think the Gamecocks are probably going to be a little bit better on the flat. So if I have to predict a winner, and I do, I'm going to say A&M wins this in a 9-9 raw score tiebreaker. It's going to be that close and weird, y'all. Next up is Fresno State at Georgia. This is a battle of the Bulldogs, y'all, and it should be pretty fun to watch. Um, I think Georgia has a talent advantage, but Fresno State has managed to win every meet so far. I think Georgia will do better in fences, uh, and I think Fresno State's probably going to do a little bit better in flat and maybe in raining too. As good as Fresno State has looked so far, uh, I'm still going to pick Georgia in a close upset here. Now, the next meet is Lynchburg at Auburn. This is a jump-and-seat-only meet, uh, so it doesn't count in the official team records, but it does count in the individual rider stats. So, this is uh, just a jump-and-seat meet, uh, and, but again, this is a good opportunity for Auburn's flat riders to get a little bit more experience. Um, overall, I think Auburn's going to win. I think they're going to take at least six or seven of the ten points, depending on uh, how many of their usual starters that they put into the lineup. Now, we'll go over to the next day. We've got Fresno State. They're going to leave Georgia and drive on down to Auburn, and they're going to ride a jump-and-seat-only meet against Lynchburg as well. This is likely going to be the same sort of affair for them that Auburn would have just gone through the previous day. You know, depending on who they start, they're probably going to get a comfortable win over the Hornets. Then we have Fresno State riding against Auburn in a full meet. Uh, Fresno State is good in the two events that Auburn is the weakest, flat and raining. So, This could really go any number of ways. I expect Auburn to get the better offenses and horsemanship and probably take just enough of the other two events and get a win uh, over the visiting Bulldogs. So then we have one more meet on Saturday with last meet of the weekend, TCU at Oklahoma State. I mentioned last week how TCU is probably going to end up with more close meets than anyone in the country because they have just enough talent to stay with those best teams 
Um, but not so much talent that they can blow out the lesser teams below them. So I think that's going to hold true today in terms of having enough talent to stay with uh, Oklahoma State, but I think overall the Cowgirls are going to get the win on Saturday. Closing Thoughts So now that we're getting deeper into the season, I think we're going to have a very exciting season with fewer blowout wins and more tightly contested meets. I think we've seen that, uh, you know, even the best teams are vulnerable right now under the right conditions and that no win that anybody has should be taken for granted. And as always, and as always, if you want to read a more detailed account of how these teams compare to one another and how I rank them, then you can check out the official Auburn Elvis College Equestrian Rankings, which post every Wednesday. Also, you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram during these meets because I'm now getting really, really good about putting out my favorite picks of all the head-to-head rides in each of these top meets. So I come up with a really nice graphic. I put it out on Instagram and on Twitter, and then I'll maybe make some comments about, oh, you know, I like this person over here, blah, 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 blah. And it gives you, the the, uh, fan, a chance to look at that and get an idea of, oh, okay, should this be close? Or if somebody scores here, is that good? Is that bad? I don't know much about this sport. Well, you don't have to know that much about this sport. Just follow along and I'll I'll take you along with me and we'll all enjoy it together. So, that is it for this episode of War Horses. Thank you very much for listening. War Horses, y'all. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.